Welcome to Blooming Out on Community Radio, WFHB. Blooming Out is a forum by and for the LGBTQ plus community. Each week we explore the issues, events pertaining to the LGBT community in Indiana, the U.S., and internationally. We speak with guests about human rights, coming out, the legality of being gay, and much more. Blooming Out is a multiple award-winning program here on Community Radio, WFHB. Thanks for listening to Blooming Out. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Blooming Out. I'm Frankie Preslav. And I'm Justin Robertson. And tonight, we're going to uh, welcome Jesse back from Positive Link. Thank you. To talk about uh, physicians' education and prep and what it means to be a good advocate for your sexual concerns um, and HIV and AIDS and a lot of stuff. But first, uh, let's talk about uh, Cincinnati Pride. What happened at Cincinnati Pride, Frankie? <laughs> That's a good lead <laughs> So I took uh, myself and a couple of my kids up to Cincinnati, and it was, I don't know, if, and have you ever been to Cincinnati Pride? No. Not at all? No. Have you, Jesse? I have not. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. It's a lot bigger than Indianapolis. It was on the water. I've never really spent any time there either, and it was just... Uh, a great time with um, just uh, uh, meeting a lot of neat people. Actually, uh, our next week's guest, who I won't mention at this moment, is going to what? be um, <laughs> 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 that I met there. Um, I'm going to have him on. Um, so, yeah, so I made some good contacts. Are you going to tell me at least who that I'll, is? I'll tell you. I'll okay. tell you, but the rest of everybody has to wait <laughs> until next I week. I can wait. But <laughs> so it was a lot of fun. And we also, the two weeks or a week and a half ago, I can't even remember, we were at Indianapolis Pride um, where we had a uh, booth set up there and we interviewed folks about their coming out stories mm-hmm. and, and that was a lot of fun so we had a lot of Did fun. you get enough material to do a show? I think we're, we're working on it. We came away with at least an hour and a half, two mm-hmm. hours worth of stuff from I think both because of Spencer as well as Indianapolis Right. Um, so I think we have some, some good content. So you interviewed people in Spencer <coughs> too? I did. Okay good and Jesse were you mm-hmm. in Indy? No but I did go to Spencer. Oh you went to Spencer? Yeah to represent okay. Positive Blink yeah. Yeah you guys you mm-hmm. guys did some education yeah education we've got free condoms um, yeah we did some free testing right i saw you out there Mm -hmm. giving out condoms and doing your thing get your condoms get your condoms (laughs) (laughs) did you get some frankie i always carry some around i I know enough you know people that that need to share them (laughs) (laughs) but i used to have nothing like picking them up picking them up that's right i um just a quick Side note, when um, I used to work in that field, I used to get lots and lots of condoms. And they were flavor condoms mm-hmm. and all kinds of condoms. Exciting. And so I would bring them home and sometimes forget about where I put them down. And my mother was taking care <laughs> of the children. <laughs> and she was cleaning straighten up the house. And I walk into our foyer and sitting in the foyer in a beautiful crystal bowl is all of these what my mom thought were mints. <laughs> mm. oh. And I'm like, hey, mom, what's this about? And she's like, I just thought it'd be nice to have candy when people <laughs> came in. 
<laughs> and I was like, Mimsy, those are Mimsy. condoms. <laughs> and she Did was she like, keep them out? She's like, Frankie! Frankie! <laughs> because the kids had them in their pocket because she was giving them candy. And yeah, so yeah, it was, that's just my world. That is hysterical. So how's things going with you, Justin? Good. <laughs> I don't have any. I have to like, follow up with that. <laughs> um, yeah, things are good. I'm very happy to have Jesse here today. Thank you, Jesse. He's always exciting. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, um, this week has, uh, as long as you don't pay attention to the news. Yeah, as long as, well, speaking of the news, um, I know. Now, now I have, have to, you reporting. Now, now I have to talk about yeah, it. And, and then you press all of our listeners. Well, we have some funny stuff going on. Well, that's true. But we do have we some have. sad stuff. But but the first story, it's a it's, uh, news story I'd rather not lead with, but we're going to. <laughs> um, it's a story that needs to be told, and people need to be aware of it because it is happening right here in our own country. And. Um, it's very sad. Um, that headline is, Parents Torture and Kill 10-Year-Old After He Says He Likes Boys. Investigators said that a 10-year-old child who died recently after years of physical abuse may have come out as gay just before he was killed. Last Wednesday, the Los Angeles County Sheriff's Department responded to a 911 call at Anthony Avalos's home and were told by his mother, Heather Barone, that the child had suffered injuries from a fall. He had severe head injuries and cigarette burns on his body. And his mother and her boyfriend, Kareem Leva, had been reported numerous times for child abuse. Anthony was unresponsive and taken to the hospital, where he died a day later. Since 2013, the Department of Children and Family Services, DCFS, and the police received 16 calls from school officials and family members concerning child abuse by Barone and Leva. At least 13 of those calls, according to an anonymous source who spoke with the LA Times, were about Anthony specifically, not one of his six other siblings. A 2013 investigation also concluded that Anthony was sexually abused by a grandparent. DCFS director Bobby Cagle said that the reports included accusations that Anthony and his siblings were denied food and water sexually abused, beaten, dangled upside down from a staircase, forced to crouch for hours, locked in a small room without a bathroom, forced to fight, and told to eat from the trash. Now, DCFS Deputy Director Brandon Nichols said that Anthony said he liked boys, quote unquote, in the weeks leading to his death. Nichols did not provide any more details, but a DCFS statement said that they are investigating if homophobia is a factor. Anthony's aunt, Maria Barone, who said that she started calling DCFS in 2015 when she noted bruises on the kids, said that if he came out, that only reinforces how brave Anthony was, quote unquote. The death, which followed years of reported abuse, has led to an internal investigation at DCFS. L.A. County Supervisor Janice Hahn said, We failed Anthony. I hope to get answers in the coming days as to what went wrong. Quote, unquote. Cagle, though, said that it's premature to say whether or not DCFS failed in this situation. Cagle said that's a very complex question. It's much more than a black and white issue. There are many shades of gray. After juvenile court hearing on Tuesday, Maria Barone sounded disappointed that Heather Barone and Leva had not yet been arrested. 
She said, we were expecting some kind of outcome. We were expecting them to at least get arrested. If Barone and Leva abused Anthony because he was gay, this would not be the first such case in Los Angeles. In 2013, eight-year-old Gabriel Fernandez was abused by his parents until he died because they thought he was gay. It's so, a very sad story. Yeah, very sad. And, um, you know, we hope that uh, there aren't a lot of stories like that, but sadly, um, there's more than, than their share. Um, you know, I guess, you know, they, who failed, you know, I think the system definitely failed these kids. I mean, how many times <coughs> do we need to go visit and do nothing? Um, and, you know, I think it's just a, a circumstance is that, you know, um, it was, you know, this, it was set up for failure that these uh, kids were going to, to be abused. I mean, we know about the one that died, but, you know, mm -hmm. the other children that had survived um, is just really sad. And then the homophobia that goes mm -hmm. along, the rage and, um, you know, with, with people not understanding or, 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 you know, having obviously large issues. Mm -hmm. that their child will either be a demon and they can beat it mm -hmm. out. They didn't say that in here. Um, it could have been, you know, drugs or alcohol or mm -hmm. just uneducated folks. I don't know. I don't know. But it's, you know, this is stuff that as Americans we expect to hear about somewhere else mm -hmm. in a different country. Um, we, you know, are, are hearing more and more things like this happen happening here in our own shores. Um, it's just really frustrating and sad. Mm -hmm. It's very sad, especially since um, the the department had received 13 calls to the boys' home. I mean, that's quite a bit from school, people at the school, and from family members. Um, I don't know. I, I wonder what went wrong there. Why did they allow the child to, or the, any of the children, to <coughs> still stay with the family? I think this, not to make excuses, but the mm -hmm. system is definitely overwhelmed. Yes, you know? I'm sure that it is. Um, and th they probably do not have enough resources. They do not have enough foster homes out mm -hmm. there mm -hmm. to place these kids. And I think when the case manager goes over to investigate, um, you know, what they do is they kind of look at the worst case scenarios and, and, and attack. And sadly, this might not be the worst case scenario, at least on the 13 investigations mm -hmm. that they had, because we don't <coughs> know exactly what they all were about. Um, and things get overlooked. And, uh -huh. you know, you, there was, I guess, an aunt was involved that had made a lot of phone calls and stuff. And uh -huh. then people have their own perception of, you know, is that aunt causing problems? Mm -hmm. Is she not like the sister? You know, so I think there's a lot of variables it's involved. Confusion, it's, yeah. yeah, it causes confusion, but it's yeah. a child died. I think what's so sad is that we want people to be able to come out at an earlier age. But uh -huh. when you're that young, you're defenseless. I mean, you can't. Yeah. I mean, you're still going to go up against people like his family. And if, I mean, unless you're like a teen or an adult, you can't you can't do much to protect yourself. Right. And being a 10-year-old, mm -hmm. I mean, obviously he was in a very abusive home. And, and who knows what he said or how it came out mm -hmm. or maybe under duress or torture he said something, you know, mm -hmm. that, you know, who knows the, the, the true story of what, what had happened. But, yes, I mean, you know, a kid that's 10 years old, I mean, where, where does he go? Mm -hmm. You know, who, who does he ask <coughs> for help? I think there was like, like almost 11 or 12 um, children living in that house at the time. So there was a lot going on, mm -hmm. wow. but not to yeah. excuse no. that, uh, you know, obviously that somebody uh, is, is 
killed because of you know basically stating that they're they're gay as a ten year old or like I think he just he didn't say I'm gay he said I I like right. both boys and girls, right. and that was enough to send the parents kind of over the top. Okay, well, hey White House, doesn't it suck to be discriminated against? Karma is a bitch. <laughs> Sarah Huckabee Sanders' dad choked her on his own beliefs, and it was delicious. <laughs> uh, well, we've all heard about Sarah Huckabee Sanders, but she tweeted on Saturday night. Last night, I was told by the told by the owner of Red Hen in Lexington, Virginia, to leave because I work for at POTUS, and I politely left. Her actions say far more about her than about me. I always do my best to treat people, including those I disagree with, respectfully and will continue to do so. Uh, This is certainly not a particularly good time for Trump staffers to dine out. (laughs) Demonstrators booed Homeland Security Secretary Christian Nielsen from the premises when she had the chutzpah to go to an upscale Mexican restaurant as she continually stood up for the Trump session's draconian anti-immigration and anti-asylum policy that ripped young children from their parents. Donald Trump's competitive press secretary, Sarah, Sarah Huckabee Sanders, who, quote unquote, always does her best to treat people respectfully, was asked to leave a Virginia restaurant for defending and attempting to justify Trump's divis, why can I say this? (laughs) (laughs) Divisive, divisive policies and constant torrent of lies and for supporting Trump's transphobic bigotry. Well, no one should be denied service based on their views or their social identities, the would-be autocrats lackeys are getting a bitter taste of Trump's own toxic medicine, all wrapped in a pretty bottle of defending religious liberty. At White House press briefings, Huckabee Sanders reiterated Attorney General Jeff Sessions' assertion (laughs) of supposed biblical mandates to adhere to civil law and their justification for the separation of migrant children from their families as they flee terror in their native lands. Sanders defended the Supreme Court's decision favoring the owner of Masterpiece Cake Shop, Jack Phillips, who refused to bake a wedding cake for same-sex couples in Colorado on religious grounds. When pressed by Michael Shear, a reporter for the New York Times, Sanders asserted it would be fine for businesses to hang a sign in their window saying they won't serve gay people. Former Arkansas governor and conservative Fox News pundit Mike Huckabee took to the Twitter sphere to defend his daughter. In his tweet, he said, Bigotry on the menu at Red Hen Restaurant in Lexington, Virginia. Or you can ask for the hate plate, and appetizers are small plates for small minds. Untweet. <laughs> um, this is the same preacher turned politician who scolded the majority of judges on the Supreme Court when they ushered in marriage equality nationwide in the Obergefell versus Hodges decision. Huckabee charged that they legislated from the bench. In other words, that they made the law. Well, it did become law, and Huckabee promptly ran in front of the cameras to support our old friend Kim Davis, the Rowan County Kentucky clerk who refused to issue marriage licenses to same-sex couples on her own personal religious grounds. 
Maybe we should have taken Huckabee up on his offer to serve in jail for a possible eight-year sentence instead of Davis. During the last presidential primary season, Huckabee presented a keynote speech at the National Religious Liberties Conference, <clears throat> organized by the self-described Christian pastor, Kevin Swanson. Swanson is infamous for his consistent calls for imposition of the death penalty on gay people. Warnings that the Girl Scouts and the movie Frozen convert girls into lesbians. If only. And accusations that homosexuals and women who wear pants, oh, look out, Hillary, bring on natural disasters. So now we know what's happening. Exactly. During, during his opening remarks at the conference, Swanson quoted scripture. Yes, Leviticus 2013 calls for the death penalty for homosexuals. And continuing, he declared that he was willing to go to jail for standing on the truth of the word of God. Hey, Huckabee, why didn't you accuse Davis and Swanson of serving up hate plates? In the past, Huckabee on Fox News placed blame for the shooting massacre at Sandy Hook Elementary School by stating, we ask why there is violence in our schools, but we have systematically removed God from our schools. Should we be so surprised that schools will become a place of carnage? Quote, unquote. This is Huckabee's reiteration of a theme he peddled after the mass murder at a movie theater in Aurora, Colorado, when he attributed the bloodbath to a, to a society that removed God and religion from the public realm, saying, since we've ordered God out of our schools and communities, we really shouldn't act so surprised when all hell breaks loose, unquote. Now we're stuck with Sarah Huckabee Sanders. The mean girl we all had to endure in middle school, who continually violates her vow to uphold her evangelical Christian beliefs by seriously disobeying the ninth commandment. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. She does, though, valiantly adhere to commandment number five, honor your father and your mother by following the distorted lead of her hypocritical and self-righteous father. Maybe Sarah can at least begin to make amends by declaring, let them eat cake, since she would like to have her cake following a nice restaurant meal and eat it too. So what do you guys think about this? Well, I think I, for right now we need to take a music break and oh. then we can come back and discuss the rest of this. So um, stay stay by your uh, your. If I can talk now, I think we can't talk is, today. I, we can't talk today, well, can't. but we're going to head over to Perfume Genius and we're going <laughs> to hear um, that song so I can get my speaking voice back. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. Look out, look out, 
Welcome back. So um, we're going to pick up from where we left off at. And uh, so what, what do you think of all this? We were talking about Huckleby and um, our uh, little <coughs> lady out there that uh, got kicked out of the restaurant. And uh, what do we think? Well, it's a difficult. I mean, a lot of people are equating it to the same thing as the baker who won't make cakes for gay people, mm-hmm. um, you know, that these people shouldn't be kicked out of restaurants, meaning the Trump administration. Um, I see that point, but there's also something about it to me that this administration is not like any other administration that we've had. And with this thing, the, the, the family separation policy is really abhorrent. And what do you do when you see injustice in the world? I mean, do you just allow it to happen? And Sarah Huckabee Sanders wasn't kicked out because she was gay or because she was born a certain way. She was kicked out because of the administration that she backs and that she speaks for. Right. So I don't know. I I think it's sort of interesting to see people stand up. about their own beliefs and saying, you know, no, we do not welcome you at the table. Right. Because you're a hater. <laughs> you know, right. I think that that's I think it yeah, goes around comes around. Being, it's kind of, yeah. you know, the they at, you know, they had no issues with um religious folks, you know, discriminating against and saying it's their right to serve who they want. And so does it, you know, that that's the whole principle of it is where does it stop at mm-hmm. you know so it was I think a polite reminder to other folks is that this has far-reaching consequences to how people are going to react to who they can serve and who they um, should serve and you know and she brought it home excellent you know as an excellent um, you know example of what happens is like yeah that you're gonna preach hate and you're gonna preach maybe an opinion I don't agree with and no you can't eat in my restaurant mm-hmm. I mean you're, you're you're up here preaching that it's it's you know a person's right their private business mm-hmm. if, if it's against their religious principles and so who's to say mm-hmm. that you know well my religious principles ag- against you know has issues with people that hate mm-hmm. so therefore I'm not serving you a salad right and it doesn't feel good. Yeah. And and that's where it comes down to. So they can spin it all they want, but I think she did us all a favor on, um, you know, I, I, I'm talking about the woman that uh, 
has the restaurant was the name mm -hmm. of the restaurant I guess. Mm -hmm. the red hen the red awesome. hen they did us um a, a huge she did us a huge favor on that and yes it was uncomfortable for everybody mm -hmm. but what what did the white house do she now has secret service because she was thrown out of a restaurant but a, a gay couple walking in to order a cake or right. a, a restaurant to <coughs> order a salad they're not going to have secret mm -hmm. service for people to come back and say you can't do that of course do we know how many states still have the the religious freedom to to send gays away aren't there still quite a few states that i don't know that's a good question yeah yeah I, i'm not for sure exactly i know that um there are you know things on on, on the books and stuff right. and i don't know you know of, of any examples i know mississippi for one has mm -hmm. been a thorn in everybody's side with what, what they've been trying to do but you know indiana tried to push it right. through and obviously that didn't happen right. and some other states but there's there's a handful out there um, and it's it's not fun, and it's like and it's gonna affect, you know. Like I said, here's a person who's part of the Trump administration, and she's being sent away because people feel that they're entitled to throw people out. And I think at one time, you know, um, and, and there wasn't an, an issue. Gosh, I can't even remember who it was. Was it our vice president uh, some time ago? I don't even remember what vice. But he was. They they refused to um, serve him, and he the Republicans had a. A big party about that. This was like 10, 11 years ago. Um, I don't remember this. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. I shouldn't even brought it up. No, I, I, I who who it was. So I would um, like to know. I'll, I'll look, look it up. up. <laughs> yeah, I'll <laughs> look it up. <laughs> so, um, how about we start with our next story? Because <clears throat> this is a little cool. Okay, this is very cool. Jared Polis wins Democratic primary for Colorado governor. That's great news for liberals. Representative Jared Polis, Democrat Colorado, just won the Democratic primary election for Colorado governor. Polis, who was the first out gay man elected to Congress, was declared the winner with 43% of the vote. Former state treasurer Kerry Kennedy got 26% of the vote. Former state Senator Mike Johnson got 24%, and Lieutenant Governor Donna Lynn came in a distant force, fourth with 8%. Spending $11 million of his own money, the tech entrepreneur campaigned on a progressive platform that included all-day preschool and kindergarten, as well as a single-payer health care system in Colorado. During his victory speech, he attacked his Republican opponent, Walker Stapleton. Quote, on almost every question before us in this election, Walker Stapleton comes out on the wrong side and the people of Colorado know that. Unquote. Instead of moving in the middle of the general election, Polis's campaign appears to be betting that Colorado has moved to the left. Quote, we want to excite progressive voters and show voters in the middle that there is a better alternative to the direction Trump is taking the country, a better way to grow our economy, save people money on health care, and make our air cleaner, he told LGBTQ Nation. Uh, said former Houston Mayor Anise Parker, who is the current CEO of the LGBTQ Victory Fund, tonight Jared Polis pulled off a huge victory and is on track to become the first openly gay man elected governor of a U.S. state. While it is a historic and promising night for the LGBTQ community, primary voters chose Jared not because he could be a historic first, but because of his unquestionable integrity and positive vision for Coloradans." Unquote. Polis was first elected to the U.S. House of Representatives in 2008. 
He is a member of the House LGBT Equality Caucus and has taken progressive positions on foreign policy, education, and drug policy. Well, there's some good news. Yes, at last. So I guess maybe we'll, we'll all have to hopefully not have to move over there because our world will get smaller and smaller. <laughs> and we can all head out that way. Um, so what do you think about the tide over that way? I mean, it's... I think it's great. I mean, Colorado has just been doing some great things. Yeah, lately. I mean, it's a, a big turnaround <coughs> state for what they... Uh, you know where they were and who they are today. Right. I mean, so many. Um, I don't know. Have you been to Denver at least recently? Mm -hmm. you, yeah. One of your in and the it's, past year. it's amazing. It's beautiful. It's just the mm -hmm. yeah, uh, everybody wants to the be scenery there. is mm -hmm. beautiful. The people are beautiful. People are happier <laughs> and happier. <laughs> and it's just it's taken a the time. The air is cleaner. The air is cleaner for now. Um, <laughs> they're doing a lot of building in Denver, so you know that yeah. was the thing that I you know I worry about. I hope that they're planning and right. and is all. But the thing is that the energy is it's so cool. You know, people mm -hmm. um, are involved. You know, you see people out and doing, and you know, my friends that have moved out there are politically involved and, you know, really making changes. And obviously, you know, they're out voting, and, and hopefully the, it would be awesome to see history made. Absolutely. You know, over there. So um, fingers crossed. Um, we, we all got to send, you know, our, our good thoughts <laughs> 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 that, that this, this happens. Um, so... Justin, why don't you introduce our guest and oh, we okay. can, uh, move on from there. As always, we're very excited to have our featured guest, Jesse Elkins from Positive Link. We've had him on the show before. He's always a great guest. Uh, Jesse is part Positive Link's prevention team as... Well, I'm sorry. <laughs> Jesse is with the Positive Link's prevention team as the prep navigator one of his many hats is to help those at risk for HIV access prep or pre-exposure prophylaxis. Positive Link offers comprehensive health and human services for people living with HIV AIDS and provides HIV prevention and early intervention services without regard to race, ethnicity, national origin, age, ability, gender, sexual orientation, socioeconomic class, or religious affiliation. Positive Links service region encompasses 23 counties throughout South Central Indiana, with their main office centrally located in Bloomington at 333 East Miller Drive. The prevention team also offers free walk-in HIV testing from 2 to 6 p.m. every Monday and by appointment. Welcome, Jesse. Thank you, Justin. Welcome. Thank you. <laughs> so you always bring us good information. Do I? And good. Yes, you always have yeah. good stuff. And, and I wanted to kind of put a plug in that mm -hmm. uh, Jesse and his team from Positive Link will be coming in um, each month at the end yeah. um, to discuss kind of what's happening in uh, Positive Link yep. and the HIV, STD, uh, AIDS world. So uh, Jesse's here to talk about, um, we talk, uh, I guess, a lot of things. Yeah, anything um, you like. Anything, anything <laughs> we want to look at. Okay, pull up a chair. Mm -hmm. um, but I think the one thing that we were talking about, mm -hmm. um, I had we were discussing before program, is that um, I have friends that are going in and you know curious about prep, mm -hmm. um, and they're talking to their physicians about it. Right. And I guess what they're finding out mm -hmm. is when they talk to their physicians that their physicians don't necessarily know what prep is. Of course. So I think before we start with that, is mm -hmm. maybe you know we've talked about this in previous shows yeah. that maybe Jesse, you kind of explain to us what prep is. Yeah. And then we can kind of go with. How do you talk to your doctor? Let's do it. This? So prep is pre-exposure prophylaxis for HIV. Um, four minutes. We've got 
Okay. Um, it's a once once a day pill that uh, adhered to daily, seven days a week, um, prevents uh, the contraction of HIV. So it's great for um, men who have sex with men. It's great for IV drug users. Um, really, it's great for anyone who is sexually active, who doesn't have 100% condom use, um, or is, who is not in a monogamous relationship. Um, so it's it's pretty easily accessed if you know what to do. So I think we'll talk about some um, healthcare advocacy. Um, but so so you've had people, yeah. So I, I've had people that uh -huh. have gone and um, talked to their physicians. Mm -hmm. um, they you know um, uh, want want to get on it, right. and then when they start, the physicians um, sometimes you know question them. Well, why do you want right. to be on this? And then they don't know exactly you know what what the whole story is mm -hmm. to prep. Yeah. Um, so I guess how would you address your physician when you had walked in and, and, and what would you hope to tell them to kind right. of you know educate them and make it simple? Up until recently, honestly, I, I don't think I'd have a good answer um, aside from asking what you need. I mean, if you know you want PrEP, you ask for PrEP. Um, but a large part of my job lately is uh, physician education. So I go around all the Southern Indiana physicians and I discuss with them the clinical eligibility for PrEP how to provide it, how to do it um, in a kind way, um, depending on your population. Um, and from that, from speaking with all these physicians, I've realized that next to no one knows what it is. I haven't even heard of it, and this is in a clinical setting. So you're right. So a lot of people are going to their physician, and they are asking for PrEP, and the physician doesn't know what it is or is uncomfortable providing it. Um, so I think when talking to your physician, it's important to come prepared, um, to know what PrEP is yourself, um, to know what puts you at risk, um, to know what to ask for, to know what to get tested for, to know how often to get tested for different things. Um, because when you start PrEP, you test a renal panel um, because one very rare um, and extreme side effect is um, kidney complications. Um, so it's imperative that you test for renal. Um, we do STD checks. So we do syphilis, gonorrhea, chlamydia. Um, we do the whole hepatitis panel, so A, B, and C. Um, and, of course, HIV, because you have to be HIV negative um, to start PrEP. Um, and so if you know these things, going in to speak with your physician, you're able to tell them these things. They might feel more comfortable providing PrEP to you instead of freaking out or turning you away right. because they're uncomfortable. Right. And I think they, they, you know, in general that obviously they want to help you stay healthy. So I think, it, you know, that they'll, you know, I guess their own bias, yes. um, you know, maybe people are in monogamous relationships right. and, you know, but maybe right. not all the time. And it, it's and contentious too, because it's not just a sexual topic, which surprisingly some physicians are, are not up to date. Or so not explain perfect. that one because. Well, it, well, talking about talking about um, prep means you're you're having sex or using IV drugs and some people I mean it's difficult to tell your provider um, I know where I grew up in Greencastle I could not tell my provider that I was a gay man mm -hmm. um, especially that I was having sex with more than one person right um, and so so that's yeah that's difficult it's it's <clears throat> a sexual topic and then if you're a gay person and of course again you don't have to be gay to go on prep um, but it brings in that. I mean, right. if you're with an unfriendly physician, it's 
Well, I think you bring up a, a great, um, you know, uh, set of questions and things that I think that you can cover with us. It's like if, if you don't want to speak with your physician or mm -hmm. you don't feel comfortable, where do you go? But before we do that, we're going to um, put this discussion on hold for our weekly events calendar and music break. And then we'll be back with Jesse to discuss uh, more prep. All right. Taking a look at the community calendar here. Um catch the cardinal stage as they present their uh show of fun home at the ivy tech jean Waldron art center auditorium at 122 south walnut street and that is uh tonight at 7 30 the 20 the 29th which is friday at 7 30 saturday at 7 30 and sunday there is a matinee at 2 p.m as well as a 7 30 performance and also we have on Sunday Burlesque Basics at The Lodge, which is at 101 East 6th Street in Bloomington. Um, that starts at 4 p.m. Burlesque Basics and Entertainer Essentials. Um, and that's at The Lodge, 101 East 6th Street. All right, now we're going to listen to some more of uh, Perfume Genius. This is off of Learning. This is the song Learning. Oh, 
Welcome back to Blooming Out. Uh, we have uh, Jesse Elkins here from uh, Positive Link, and we've been talking about prep mm -hmm. and how to advocate for ourselves with our physician. And 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 we had mentioned uh, that if you had issues with or, or just maybe uncomfortable mm -hmm. talking to your physician about going on prep, what other avenues might a person have? Well, so I think I think it's that, but if you don't have an issue talking about it, but your physician does, um, then I encourage coming prepared. As we were saying, just being knowledgeable on what you need to be tested for, what PrEP does, how you take it, how you adhere to it. Um, but if if you either don't want to seek PrEP from your primary care provider, you can come to Positive Link. Um, I'm the PrEP navigator, so we would talk about what PrEP is. We would debunk any myths, and there are some out there. For instance, PrEP is not a morning-after pill. Um, it's a it's a daily pill that you take every day um, that protects you from contracting HIV. What do you mean morning after pill? Just so uh, so um so, for instance, I've had clients come in who think that if if you're exposed to HIV that you can just take Travada, which is the prep pill, um, the next day um, with no worry. Um, and it doesn't work that way. You have to build up protection before an exposure and after, which is why it's called pre-exposure prophylaxis. Um, so it works, it, you build protection within seven days in rectal tissue. Um, in vaginal tissue, it's 21, and in blood, it's 14 days. Um, and so if you're on it long enough to build that maximum protection, at that point, then you're protected. Okay. So if you have an exposure to HIV, um, unprotected sex, for example, um, and you know that it was an exposure, just taking the pill the morning after won't won't Help. rid your body. Okay. There is there is something called NPEP, which is non-occupational post-exposure prophylaxis. And for that, if you think that you might have had an exposure to HIV, you can go to the ER here in Bloomington. Um, I think most ERs in the in the area in, in southern Indiana provide it, um, which is a 30-day regimen that's a bit different from Travada. Um, and, and we can also do follow-up for that at Positive mm -hmm. Link. So if you access that, oh. um, if insurance is difficult, um, you can come to me. Um, I'll leave my contact details, um, and and I can help you access the medication um, and counsel you through what it's doing to your body and all that. Right. So if if someone feels that they have been exposed mm -hmm. and they're not necessarily comfortable or know what to say, they could come to Positive Link. Totally. So yeah. So on the flip side, if it, back to physicians, um, if you're not comfortable having this conversation with your physician, you can come to us. We can talk about it, and we also provide it at Positive Link. Um, we have a clinic open every Tuesday from 8.30 a.m. to 4 p.m. Um, you would come talk to me, I would book you into our clinic, um, get your full testing done, make sure you're still HIV negative to go on it, uh, and we would write the prescription from Positive Link. Is there a physician there that um, writes it? We have a nurse practitioner okay, who's absolutely wonderful. Right. Yeah. So, <clears throat> and, and then how, and, and that's immediate? Pretty much at that point? It's pretty, so our turnover is pretty quick now. So if you give me a phone call um, and say express interest in PrEP and we suss out the situation, um, identify maybe that you're at higher risk for contracting HIV, or if you mm. just think it would reduce your anxiety, which is a big component of right. going on, on, on PrEP, which is wonderful for your sex life, for your romantic life, for your emotional health. Um, so if you decide that PrEP is right for you, yeah, it's very quick. I book you into the next available clinic. Um, we get your test results back within seven days, and then we write your prescription. Is this is there an age limit? Can you know? So now, uh, I believe three weeks ago, adolescents were approved for. So what's an adolescent? What are we for calling Trivata, So thirteen to seventeen. Do are we now need approved. our parents' permission for this one? So the jury's still currently out um, for our services. 
but we're working through that right now, so hopefully soon. Um, but if you go to your primary care, um, the CDC does allow, it does does recommend. Okay, so this isn't something access. that an adolescent could walk in and say, oh, obviously they have to use maybe their parents' insurance yes. at this point, so yes. there's some complications on that. But, but clinically, adolescents, yes, are approved for okay. Travada, which is the prep pill. Right. Um, in our clinic currently, we're seeing 18 and over. Okay. Um, well, this could be, I mean, just, you know, going into the population of like the runaways, you know, young Absolutely. males that are prostituting themselves. Absolutely. And I'm, I'm sure I'm not the first one to think of that one. No, but no. <laughs> it's, it's, it's great it's, for sex workers. It's great. Right. It's but, but getting them on, you know, that or if they're, again, runaways right. and they are they don't have an ID or right. you know, is there a whole. There's barriers. There's yeah. barriers in healthcare. That's for sure. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, it's difficult. We take each uh, each client case by case. Um, we've seen quite a bit already, so we're we've got resources in the community. Right, because this is out. a this is I mean to go on prep, and if you are HIV positive, it's n there there's some serious side effects. Correct. To that so side. we d so we do do an HIV check to make Correct. sure you're negative because if you happen to seroconvert, so if you happen to contract HIV while on prep, which um, it, so PrEP is 99% effective. Um, there's only been two of the nearly 400,000 people worldwide who have contracted um, PrEP or who have contracted HIV, um, and the the level of Truvada in the bloodstream uh, was not was not what it would be if you were at ultimate protection taking it every day. Right. right. So it wasn't um, possible that they could have been HIV positive beforehand and had it been detected? They, they because, may have. I mean, is the window there a period. window? Yes, yeah. yes. Um, and each case is different. But okay. um, So if you were to contract it on PrEP, which is incredibly rare and hasn't right. been seen, um, then you would build resistance to Travada, which actually before it was approved as pre-exposure prophylaxis in 2012, um, it was used as an HIV treatment. Um, and you don't want to build resistance to something that could keep your health um, if you were to become right. positive. So give us, you know, kind of a little, um, I guess, mm -hmm. the one-on-one on HIV AIDS. Just, you know, we, we talk a lot about, um, you know, PrEP and, and, mm -hmm. and just kind of just the general information mm -hmm. that people need to know about it, you know, kind of walking in. Because yeah. people feel, I think, that it's not a big deal anymore. And I know there's right. medications that people can get. It's not a death sentence like it used Absolutely to be. Absolutely not. And, um, and I think the stigma, and I can't speak to this right. because I'm not positive individual, but um, I think that it's important that the word gets out that undetectable equals untransmittable. Um, so more than 33% people who are positive um, have achieved undetectable, which means that they cannot transmit um, HIV, um, which is important to know because it reduces the stigma. And like you said, it's not it's not a death sentence. Right. Um, yeah. Okay. But I was a little bit curious, Jesse, mm -hmm. about the say if you are a sex sex worker, yeah. you're young, mm -hmm. you don't have any insurance. I mean, is this an affordable thing for people? So. So it's tricky, um, but it's it's pretty simple once you hear it once. So if you're insured, um, your insurance is billed for a clinic appointment in the labs, um, and that depends on your copays, your deductibles, how your insurance is billed. So if you're insured Gilead, who manufactures Travada, which oh. is the prep pill, they give you a $4,800 a year copay card, which covers the medication up to $4,800, and that also goes towards your insurance deductible. So most people meet their deductible and don't pay a penny because they've got this big chunk of change to spend on the medication. Mm -hmm. 
Now, if you're uninsured, the clinic visit and the labs are a bit different, and sometimes you'll have to piecemeal the testing together, um, but you'll still have to cough up some money, depending on the program, um, for the clinic visit and for um, the, the... What do you mean practice. by the program? Our clinic at, at Positive okay. Link, yes. Right. Um, but, but if you are uninsured, for example, if, if you were a sex worker and you didn't have insurance... Um, there is a program called Advancing Access, also offered by Gilead, um, that covers the medication in full, and you would just have to be uninsured to qualify for that. Um, so when it comes to the medication, um, unless you have an incredibly high deductible, um, most people don't pay a penny for PrEP. Okay. So it's doable. Okay. You just need to come talk to me. Okay. <laughs> you need to talk to Jesse. Yes. Come to Jesse. Yes. That's good to um, know. And now, do you, is there, do you have office hours or is it by appointment only? So over at Positive Blink, um, walk-ins are always welcome. My schedule is Monday through Thursday on, okay. a, on a typical week, um, nine, to f- 9 to 6. Um, but, of course, if you send me an email, and I'll just say it now, it is J-E-L-K-I-N-S-2 at iuhealth.org. Um, or give Positive Link a phone call, um, or drop by. I can I can make time and see you and talk awesome. about prep. Yeah. So what else is going on in the the world in of, the world uh, of HIV, HIV and AIDS? AIDS? Right. So there's a group of community members, um, and this is not part of Positive Link, but um, I think it's appropriate to bring up. Um, on July 17th, uh, there's a group of community members and partner with the venue Fine Arts um, in Gifts um, next to Soma on Kirkwood. Um, We've partnered up to offer an HIV AIDS art education series um, where we bring in um, something to discuss um, regarding HIV and AIDS. And it's always followed by um, community art making Mm -hmm. um, creativity. So actually, if I can read the details for our first event, um, we've got an event coming up July 17th at 530 at the venue. Um, Let's pull up. So. I'll just read off here. The HIV AIDS art series, um, we're framing the past and present HIV AIDS narrative through art and conversation. The series introduces controversial topics surrounding HIV and AIDS since the virus surfaced in the Midwest in 68. Moving from the early 70s, this series will take us to present day, highlighting stories, movements, setbacks, struggles, and breakthroughs through a community-led conversation and creative workshops. Um, our first event here on the 17th is Trash to Treasure, and we're discussing the 4-H Club. So back in the 70s and 80s, the 4-H Club were hemophiliacs and derivatives, so anyone with um, blood disorders, um, homosexuals, heroin users, and Haitians. So we'll have a panel of people who lived through the 70s and 80s and can kind of speak to that experience of stigma surrounding the 4-H club. And Great, that's it, interesting. Yeah, yeah. And, how it's, and, and how it's changed now. We're looking for panel members, Justin, if you are <laughs> <laughs> interested. makes you think I was around. <laughs> oh. No, I was. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, before, before science revealed means of HIV transmission, there was a higher prevalence of AIDS in the 4-H and the 4-Hs, which led to societal reje- rejection. Once imprisoned, imprisoned and neglected through immoral health care and social fallacy, the 4-H exclusion bred deep-rooted stigma that, however, differently lives today. From Trash to Treasure, we'll explore the stigma then and now um, with these panel members. So you can come out, um, have drinks, have food on us, um, listen to the panel members, um, discuss Q&A, and then it'll be followed by more food and drink and um, creativity. So... So the art session led by another community member will be taking trash and wrapping it in yarn or whatever we can find around and repurposing it and making treasure. 
Um, wow. And you can write a story about it. You can display it on your mantle for a conversation piece. Um, and it ju- it's just kind of a staple of, of what we've been through as a community, uh-huh. communities, um, and where we are now. Is this something that uh, has been, uh, is this you guys put together? So this was an idea dreamed up a month ago, and uh-huh, we've jumped okay. on it and got super excited. Wait, did you say you dreamed it up, or did I just hear that? My, myself and a few other uh, uh, okay. community members, yes. Awesome. Yes, who you will meet, they're all divine uh, at, at the event on the mm-hmm. 17th at 5.30. Okay. So, so this will be the <laughs> debut. So with you. The de- yes, the debut. And so the goal now is to have a four-part series, and this is part one. Um, we haven't planned out because we want to get um, immediate feedback. We we want to know what people want to see, what people want to create, who people want to bring in. Um, we're taking donations um, to hopefully bring in speakers to show films. Um, and if it's a success, which hopefully all of you viewers come out, um, it'll continue and we can talk about about all the things and, and we can heal each other and we can make art. Um, yeah, I think it'll be special. Do, um, do you, uh, can you tell us some of the artists that might be involved or are we still working on that? At this still point? totally working. I mean, it's this was an exciting idea that we jumped on um, uh-huh. and, and we need input. We need people who know of people who have done HIV AIDS focused art um, or artists still living from the 70s right. and 80s uh-huh. who experienced the height, the crisis. Um, so it's, it's kind of like the, the quilt, you know, where yeah. it's c- c- but the quilt was more about the loss right. of it. And, and, and this is more about the future and it really it's about anything that so the goal here is to create art and heal ourselves and our community and it's totally community based um so we can create together we can make a masterpiece together if someone finds a big piece of trash we can wrap it in yarn together um and so the goal is to take art home but also to donate art to the greater project and display it and have have a community centric uh conversation about these important things and it's not necessarily the future future forward it, i mean it's i think it's good to dig back into right. stonewall well, and, and, and the riots and, and reflect on everything yeah and, learn and from the past yeah, and, and cry and laugh learn and from your elders and, yeah absolutely the things that we all went through which yeah. was it was very heavy yeah and of course traumatic because and also r- really bonding you know it was a course. bonding time i think yeah. with people but so if somebody is listening to this mm-hmm. and they're interested in participating or they're an artist how so you, should they get a hold of you so you can also just reach out to me at the work email i i just said off and i'll say it again it's jelkins2 at iuhealth.org um, or you can just look up positive link and you can contact me that way um, and we'll transfer over um yeah, so if you're interested in being a panel member um, or or do, if you're a local business owner, we've got Hopscotch, we've got Rainbow Bakery, and we've got Cardinal Spirits um, who, have, who have joined forces with us already. So if you're another business that would like to join, please get a hold of me. Okay, that's that's awesome. I mean, that's exciting. Yeah, I'm very excited about How that. How about, um, so on that side, and mm-hmm. jumping back to the positive link, mm-hmm. so we're doing uh, HIV testing yes. um, around town this month, or are we coming to the end? We're at kind of at the end of this month. We're at month. the end of the month. Um, it's such an exciting month with Pride, too. Yeah, um, gotcha. I'm always sad to see June go. Right, yeah. <laughs> right. Do we have, um, do you, and I'm kind of, you know, uh-huh. asking to go on the fly yeah. um, about some testing sites that are going to be off um, premises at this point. Some testing sites off premises. And so usually, I mean, we have our built-in sites like Shalom Center. Um, we, the back door. We, that we do the back door every, th- every first Thursday um, from 7 to 10. Um, and then, of course, our walk-in hours every Monday from 2 to 6. And right now we're still doing walk-in hours on Fridays 12 to 3. 
12 to 3. Yes. Uh, is there anything else going on in Positive Link that uh, you want to give a shout out about? Or in Positive Link, this let's is kind of summertime right now. Yeah. So, uh-huh. with the students being uh-huh. gone, I'm sure things are a little slower. Uh-huh. I probably and couldn't some, give you the exciting. Uh, memos outside of prevention but right. but if you stay tuned the <laughs> third thursday i believe um, uh-huh. we'll have a positive link representative come in and right. talk about and, and yeah so we ask everybody to to come back at the third thursday of this month and we're going to have positive link in and we'll have some new representatives i guess and maybe yeah. we always are happy to see jesse Thank appear um, <laughs> 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 so hopefully um you know but we'll be talking about the hiv testing we'll mm-hmm. be talking about what events um uh, positive link will mm-hmm. be putting on um we're bloomington pride's not until august so i'm sure you guys it's are going to be um you know have a booth there mm-hmm. as well so it'll actually our our booth will be community aids action group uh, okay this year um so look out for that um also i will be holding a prep seminar with emily brenniger okay that's... um the day of prep there's a series of seminars between 12 and 3 um and i will i'll be talking all things prep so please mark your calendar um, and come challenge us with questions and learn more about prep. Where, where will this be at? This will be at Monroe County Public Library. Okay. okay. Um, what was the date again? The date, it's oh. it's the Saturday of Pride. I, it's, I don't know. Pride. That's it's, fine. it's in August, so we got it's, some time. We'll, August, we'll talk yeah. about it. We, we'll, we'll definitely be back. Yes. So we're out of time. Before we go, let's take a few moments, and we'll thank our lovely guest, Jesse Elkins. Thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule. We look forward to seeing you again very, very soon. I think it'll be, what, July 26th yes. is what we talked about. Additional thank you to all of our listeners and volunteers who make this possible. Blooming Out is produced by Frankie Preslaff. Our executive producer is WFHB News Director Wes Martin. Lucas Fisher is our engineer. For Blooming Out and WFHB, I'm Justin Robertson. And I'm Frankie Preslaff, wishing everyone a wonderful Pride Month. And remember, if everything was straight, roller coasters would be one long, boring ride. <laughs> Good night from all of our Blooming Out family. Good night. Good night. Gotta stand out, gotta be You've been listening to Blooming Out on WFHB. Blooming Out is a product of WFHB's News and Public Affairs Department. Tune in every Thursday evening at 6 p.m. for Indiana's only LGBTQ plus news and public affairs program. You can hear this and other programs online at WFHB.org. Comments and suggestions for future topics or guests can be sent to bloomingout at WFHB.org. That is blooming O-U-T at WFHB.org. And thank you for listening. <laughs>